You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. Maybe you have a leadership role, or maybe you're just seeking to use your influence in godly ways. You will know that leadership can be a bit of a roller coaster, wonderful highs, crushing lows, and an awful lot of daily grind. Sometimes you need advice and encouragement from people who can relate to your situation. This is why for the past 18 years I've been interviewing Christians in the world of leadership, from churches, charities and commercial and non-commercial settings. I've been aiming to support Christians just like you, so you can honour God, who is our ultimate leader. I trust that this next conversation will be an inspiration to you. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. Leading others can be a tough discipline, and we've certainly highlighted the challenges on this show. But imagine if it wasn't just hard because of what you do, but because of who you are. The sad truth is that for many women, the pathways into leadership are not nearly as open as for men. And once they're in a leadership role, they're not always treated well by the men that they lead with or indeed seek to lead. Some have had to leave their roles or go through a painful HR process to deal with the issues. Well, I'm joined on the Leadership Show by someone who's recognised this challenge and sought to support and inspire Christian women leaders. Her name is Deepa Tharmaraj, and she's a commercial and technology lawyer and runs a not-for-profit charity, WELL. The letters of WELL stand for Women, Empowered Life and Leadership. Charity aims to create a platform for the conversations and connections for women everywhere. So great to have you on the show, Deepa. Thank you very much, Andy. I'm once again uh, thankful and grateful for this opportunity to share my story. Well, let's uh, well, let's indeed start with the story, your own journey to faith and then into leadership. Well, a quick introduction from me, um, you know, in response to your question as to my own journey to faith and into leadership. Let me start with my faith. My Christian faith ancestry originates from St. Thomas Syrian Church that can trace its roots back in ancient history in Kerala, the most southern state in India. My grandfather emigrated from India to Malaya at the time, which is now Malaysia, during the Japanese occupation. And as a family, they remained close to their roots and belonged to St. Thomas Church. And these and this church in particular was, you know, dotted across in key townships in Malaysia. So my three younger sisters and I grew up connected to the church family, and our lives were largely driven by faith-based traditions and values. So wherever you go in the world, you will find St. Thomas, you know, Malayali Christians. We speak Malayalam, uh, that's our mother tongue. And we can be easily identified by our surnames and our home names, like our houses had names in, back in India. Although technically my surname is not my maiden name, just not to, you know, just so that we don't confuse our listeners. In my 20s, whilst reading law in the UK, I then transitioned to Church of England, really to get back into Protestant background. 
And today I'm comfortable talking about my faith from a non-denominational perspective, focusing on the Trinity and my intimate relationship with Jesus. I actually encountered God. I had the real encounter with God when I was in Dubai. I always say that I actually found God in the desert. Well, wow. <laughs> in fact, I'm not the only one. In fact, many women have gone on to share a similar stories. There is something about being in a country like Dubai, which pushes you to the edge sometimes and pushes you to such despair, depending, you know, it could be from different angles. Um, so, for example, in my case, it was, you know, and we will talk about our leadership journey. It was one particular instance when I felt that, you know, I wasn't, I thought I was um, ready for a promotion and I didn't. And that did take me down a downward spiral. That's just one example. But there are several examples. And that was a point at which I had the encounter with God. And that was through a friend who pulled me into a women's Bible group. And that Bible group basically looked, made us look deep and hard into our past and how that past shapes us into who we are today. It's probably because of my faith that I've had a deep desire to use whatever means I have to help the underprivileged. On qualifying as a solicitor, I was aware that if I wanted to help the poor and the oppressed, that I had to be good at what I was doing. So from then on, in whichever capacity I was in a workplace or in the community, I would use my privilege, my power and influence to help others. I enjoyed and continue to enjoy my legal career in different leadership roles in multinationals in the UK and abroad. And alongside the legal roles, um, one notable experience is I embraced a purpose-led leadership whereby I chaired an employee resource group within the multinational, which scaled in membership from like, you know, sub couple of hundred to over 10,000 members at the last company I worked for, advocating for cultural inclusion of all ethnicities. It's a culmination of all the various journeys and experiences that has led us to the well, where I've been sensing for a few years that there is an opportunity to create a platform for women leaders of faith so that we can bring to life stories of women leaders of faith who have trailblazed as God's masterpieces in different workplaces in order to inspire the next generation of women to walk, live, and work in the power of God. And it's, it's amazing when I look back as the idea was turning into action, God brought together five women to join me on this journey, who today forms the board for well. And these are all, you know, women of faith, uh, all women leaders of faith all the way from Americas to Australia. So then just a reminder that WELL is um, the letters Women Empowered Life and Leadership. Uh, so you talked a little bit about uh, how how you've helped women to aspire a bit more greatly. What were the other challenges you found within your community of, of what women were saying to you uh, about how they were finding uh, either aspiring to lead or being a leader in, in the space that they were uh, functioning? Yeah, common challenges women in leadership are facing. And I have 20 years of working experience in the legal sector, both here and abroad. And in every role, I've been in meetings and teams with a large majority of men. 
don't get me wrong. Men are also, you know, great at being male allies and sponsors. And I've had, you know, different male sponsors who saw my potential and opened doors for promotion and development. Now, when we are pitching or presenting to a room full of men, it takes a certain level of self-confidence to see ourselves as equal, to look beyond our color and gender, to rein in the outcome and the results. Let's consider women coming back from maternity leave. I mean, these are the women who are either at mid-management or just about to get to mid-management. I read a 2022 article by Frontiers Global Health Women, and I'm sure there are scores of articles on this topic, but this one really intrigued me. 30 to 70% of women who have given birth have had lower self-esteem after delivery. And the changes that occur in women's bodies during pregnancy and postpartum can have consequences on their body image. Now, if the workplace does not have appropriate policies in place to support and equip these women, then the women will have to find the support elsewhere. And that's where WELL comes in with our mentoring and coaching programs. Now, if you actually take a step back, these low self-esteem and insecurities play with our mind. And with continued demands on our time and energy from the children and family, WELL wants to create networks where women feel that they can belong and be vulnerable while receiving high-quality counsel and training for being successful at workplaces. Also consider women being treated as past their prime once they're in their late 40s. You know, I mean, I for one, you know, I think we mask ourselves by hiding our gray hair, hoping to look young just for a day longer so that we can stay in our workplaces that much longer and not be judged based on our age. Now, these are perception and optics that will take years to reorient itself. I believe these challenges exist in all professions, particularly male-dominated professions and the cusp, and at the cusp of breaking through mid-management to senior leadership. I think that's where you see a lot of these prejudice and stereotypes and biasness. Now, I'm not sure if it's immediately prevalent why well is needed. But young girls and women everywhere continue to shoulder a huge amount of responsibility at home and their communities alongside their jobs. You know, isn't it ironic, Andy, that where women were once treated as chattels or properties of their husbands and fathers in years past, the same women advocated tirelessly for the right to go to school and to work. But the caring and nurturing responsibility remain largely with the women, even in today's generation. The needle has moved, but there's, there is still a lot of work to be done in that space. When I speak with well women from certain countries who left their homes, husband and children to make a living in a new country, these women are sending money home to not only for their immediate family, but for their parents, grandparents, half-sisters, half-brothers, and relatives. So yes, well is needed to encourage these women who want to improve their career, their personal development, and their brand identity. And it isn't for their selfish reasons, because whatever they put into themselves, 
they then give it back to not only within the immediate circles, but even bigger. So, and these are the same women who are also finding balance in their spiritual life. Deepa, is there a difference between women in particular nations, um, say in the West versus Asian culture or African culture, in terms of the kind of challenges they're bringing? Yes, that's a resounding yes. The challenges vary from nation to nation. Let me use an example of cultures where hierarchy prevails over egalitarianism. The more East you go in the world, the more you'll find families that are patriarchal, which translates into hierarchical family structures, you know, status-oriented. The manifestation of such a culture is a demonstration or a profound respect for the elders in the room. Now, this tradition and culture is so embedded in our being or DNA that we bring that behavior to our workplaces. So this behavior has slowed down women and men in meetings and teams as there's a mindset that one cannot challenge the senior leadership or speak before the senior leaders in the room speak. There's a, you know, a myriad of examples. One is where women are not comfortable speaking with male leaders. You can see these women are put into the same team where you have women and men from egalitarian culture maybe relatively speaking, whether it is from the US or the Scandinavians, the women from hierarchical structures are at a disadvantage unless they have the self-awareness. Again, we are hoping that WELL will provide the platform to break these mindsets through exploration of our identity in Christ. So Deepa, are most of the women that you work with in leadership positions or are they seeking uh, leadership positions? Both. We have women in leadership position and women seeking leadership position. Because women leaders of faith, whose stories we amplify to encourage women seeking the pathway to leadership, we want to see strong women of faith in leadership positions so that we can bring collective wisdom of faith at decision-making tables in whichever level one is in at, at a workplace or a community. Walt. Uh, Deepa, obviously many of the women who are aspiring to be leaders are also uh, mothers. And I just wonder about the, the kind of work-life balance that you've found in conversation with uh, the women in well. Absolutely. Um, Andy, you I would refer to an article I saw in a Guardian a few weeks ago, um, and the statistics was that more than a quarter million moms with young children left their jobs because of difficulties with balancing work and childcare. And in fact, the writer wrote, wrote that it's outdated and toxic attitudes and around motherhood. Now, I found that quite shocking, but we shouldn't be shocked because this has been this culture has been around for a while. It's not new. But I think sometimes when you see such staggering numbers, um, there is a bit of a reality check. And where I would, um, in speaking with many women um, in my network, we do believe that we can excel at work, family, and faith. In fact, during COVID, it, we saw the demonstration of how 
you know, we can work, we can do hybrid work, we can work remotely and still manage um, to, to, to do work excellently and also to manage a family. However, there are still archaic at, you know, um, uh, attitudes in workplaces that think that you can only perform your best work at a workplace and a negative judgment towards those who do work from home. Now, I understand that in some workplaces, coming into the office is important, especially if it's a startup, a scale up, you know, that's important imperative. But of course, in large organizations where there is remote working culture, we have to understand that women can, I I believe, I mean, I'm a mother of three children and um, all my life I've been a full-time employee and a, and a full-time mother. And the way in which I did that was not only did I have the right support network, but there was a lot of leaning on God because ultimately God is God is the father. He is, you know, I am a daughter of the king. My children are daughters and sons of the king. And I know that he wants the best for my children. And so if my calling is to be able to work at a workplace, I know that he's going to look after my children too. Deepa, the women that you're working with are, are mostly Christian. Uh, and I just wanted to, I was wondering what kind of Christian principles you discuss when you're looking to encourage uh, and empower women in uh, being who, who all that God has made them to be. The world leadership gurus have used words like servant leadership, concierge leadership, transformational leadership, delegative leadership. Well, wants to keep it simple, using examples from the Bible, the way Jesus lived. So what we do is we look at the, the leadership um, topics and look at them from biblical perspective. We do a bit of deep dive. So, for example, women, um, there is a, there is a great quote by Kelly Clarkson. Um, I don't have the, the words in front of me right now, but she said that uh, previously women used to be quite competitive, and that was because there was scarcity of jobs at the top. And when I think about the story of Miriam in the Bible, Moses's sister, when she made a very scathing attack on Moses about being married to a Cushite woman I, along yes. those lines. And God immediately put her aside and she broke up with, you know, leprosy. And she was held accountable for what she had said. But that really came from a bit of a competitive spirit. And so we look at, you know, so as women, we study that in a little bit more uh, detail to understand to what extent does that competitive spirit reside in us and how do we you know break away from that competitive spirit can which can be quite addictive or we'll look at the story of esther so we look at the women in the bible my favorite story in the bible is of course the woman at the well the samaritan woman because jesus went out of the way to meet with her and she had five husbands and she was, you know, living with a man who wasn't married to her. And but the point is, Jesus talked about the living water. So there are always second chances. And that's the point. That's the story we're trying to share with the women in the world, that 
there's always, even if it's not second chance, it could be a third chance, fourth chance. We, we are always able to come back to the altar, to the feet of the cross and ask for, you know, for God's forgiveness and start all over again. We explore different leadership challenges in the Well Leadership Podcast. For example, decision-making or rationalization or delegation of building high-performing team. We want to bring these stories from women who've used faith-based values in their leadership capacity to inspire the next generation of women. In fact, that lends itself quite well to, you know, uh, giving a shout out to our very first Women Leadership Conference in conjunction with International Women's Day 2024. Um, the conference is on March 15th evening, which is a celebration night as we open up the conference for March 16th. It's Wise Well Women's Summit 2024. And at this summit, we will have, you know, a complete lineup of seasoned speakers and speakers of different um, diversity who will bring their perspectives into, into, you know, the conference itself. So Well is trying to do you know, we're taking the learnings that we've had as leaders from the past and we want to bring the best to the women who will attend our conferences, who listen to our podcast and who meet with us through our mentoring and coaching circles. That's wonderful. And uh, have there been books and resources that have either helped you or that you recommend to women that you work with? Great books and resources that have been helpful. Um, there's so many books. Come to my home, my bookshelves filled with books, um, books that I've read and books to be read. Um, I suppose if I want to share books that have really had a profound impact in my life, I would say J.I. Packer's book called Knowing God, which is a permanent resource as it's a book that fortifies my theology from time to time. And then another book, one of the earliest faith books that I read as a young um, as a young woman, you know, as I was starting off in university, was Heinz Feet and High Places, because it left a warm feeling of grace, uh, which I've taken with me over the years. Third book, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life is right up my alley. Being, you know, purpose driven at work is my calling. As for podcast, I listen to Premier's podcast, of course, you know, yours, Andy, the leadership podcast, and then the Mucky Business. I enjoy that too. Outside the Christian circles, I also listen to the leadership podcast by Dave uh, Stehoviak. Um, because his content is rich with leadership concepts and practical examples. Podcast. And finally, we've got, yes, the conference coming up on March 15th and 16th. It's in London, West London, Hammersmith. It's only £29. But we're really hoping that there will be a big gathering of women where we will have workshops and you know plenary sessions, but really topics are around you know excellence at as I mentioned excellence being good at work, home and family. And then we're also going to be talking about um, 
AI for good, but from a biblical perspective. So we've got some great keynote speakers on AI. We've also got a fantastic leader um, around um, emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being. So we've got a number of things, financial joy. I mean, there's just a whole raft of topics on the day. And the idea is that we will also be able to launch some sort of a mentoring program on the back of that. Well, Deepa, it's been a real joy to have you on the show and, and excited to hear of all the things you've been doing and uh, and the prospects of, uh, of more in the future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Deepa Tharmaraj. Uh, it's Deepa, D-E-E-P-A, Tharmaraj, T-H-A-R-M-A-R-A-J. She's the founder of Well, as you will have gathered. And if you want to check out the website, it's womenlifeleadership.org www.womenlifeleadership.org she mentioned a few books that she's appreciated uh, run with the horses colon the quest for life at its best by eugene peterson uh, knowing god by jai i packer a classic chatting afterwards she said she wanted to include a quote that summed up what she's doing in well and the quote is that you can't be what you can't see and evidently a number of people had come up to her and thanked her for the inspiration that she gives as an Asian woman in a leadership space. So you can't be what you can't see. Uh, and that's actually a quote from Marion Wright Edelman. So it's been great to have your company. And uh, especially if you're a woman in leadership, I pray, pray that you might have inspiration to be all that God has made you to be uh, as his uh, ambassador for him. And may God grant you opportunities and blessing. So this is Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for your company. Bye for now.